This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going? It's going fantastic. You like my new hat? I do. I got do. this hat directly from Madison Square Garden. Shout out to the Pearsons. Yeah, you did not get it from Madison Square Garden. I got it, but I didn't purchase it. That's I did. Okay. I did get it from Madison Square Garden. I did not purchase it in a way. from Madison Square Garden myself. In a way, I um, have a bag from Madison Square Garden though. Ooh, which is cool. I did not. I mean, see it's the a bag. Pla- it's a plastic bag, but it says Madison Square Garden. That's the right. world's most famous arena. Do you think you'll ever get to Madison Square I Garden? I need to. Me and Rachel have this have this dream, and you know what? Like, we're gonna have to wait till we're older. But we've talked about it. We want to see a game. In every Big Ten football Ooh. stadium, okay, we want to. You know, she's a big volleyball fan. We want to see a game in every Big Ten volleyball arena. I want to go to every NBA arena and every NFL stadium. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of money. It's it going to be, be a lot of travel, but it's going to be when we're older. I was going to say, it would have to be when your kids are out of the house. Yeah, or, I mean, we could start like by taking our kids to some of these. Like We're not going to hit all of them with our kids, but like... Yeah, it'd be cool. You speak. You talk. I've been about- to the. I've been to, um, the former Pepsi Center. I don't know what it's called now. Oh, and in Denver. The, yeah, and okay. the uh, what's Chicago's? I want to say American United? Airlines United. It, American Airlines is Miami. Yes, it's a plane. What, what's Dallas's? I thought Dallas was American Airlines. Is Dallas American Airlines? There's too many plane ones. We're gonna look it up. Planes, American trains, Airlines. and automobiles. American Ireland Airlines Center. Yep, down Dow- down uh downtown Dallas. Okay, what's Miami's? Miami Heat yeah. Arena. These are questions that well, need to be answered. Well, it says F- it's FTX Arena. That's not what it used to be. No. Um name. Okay, I I'm curious to get your thoughts here. It it had been named American Airlines Arena. Okay. Um the home, so June 4th, 2021, so just a couple mm. months ago, it became the FTX Arena. Okay. The name change will be a first for the Biscayne Boulevard building, which has been named the American Airlines Arena since opening its doors in 1999. Okay. Okay. So, and, yeah, I've been to the United Center and the former Pepsi Center, whatever it's called now. I'm going to keep calling it the Pepsi Center. So, now, we, we got this on the text line, and I just looked it up as well. Um, Angry in Colorado, Denver's Arena is no now Ball, ball Arena. arena. Like, like Ball Brothers Arena? Nah, it can't be. It's not. It's it would totally it would have different. to be BBB. It'd have to be the triple, the big baller brand arena. If it oh, was. one was the American Airlines Center. The other was the American Airlines Arena. Got it. Thank, Thank you, you, Doug, with mesothelioma. I knew there was more to this. American Airlines had a lot of money. We've, uh, is the, sh- I should Also, that this. is such a great, Doug with mesothelioma. I love it. You know what? I need I need everybody. Yeah, look, look. Center. I know we say it every time, but everybody needs to get their names in yeah. on the Honda of Lincoln 
uh, not the Honda, on the Starter Heyman text line, you can call in the Honda Lincoln hotline. We'll just know your name because you tell us. Okay. 402-464-5685. If you don't think you have a name, send us a name. It can be funny. It can be real. I don't care. Give us a name. We, we want you to have names on here because on the Sarger Heyman Jewelers video stream, which you can watch and see our beautiful faces on mm-hmm. Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, we on Facebook, it's just your name. On YouTube, it's your username. On Twitch, yeah. it's your username, whatever that is. But you can comment on there as well. We can pop your comment on the screen. You can see it, and you can be like, hey, look, that's me. I said something funny, and they laughed at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I will say this. I'm just not a fan, as big of a fan, of saying unnamed texter. Yeah, I'm not either. Also, also something new. If any of you have Alexa devices. That's right, yeah. You can them. say you can tell your Alexa. You can say, Alexa, not listen to 93.7 The Ticket. Or 93.7, 93. I, I, I've said 93.7 The Ticket. And, and it worked? It's, it's worked? Okay, you can say, Alexa, listen to 93.7 The Ticket. And boom, we'll pop up on your Alexa. It's fantastic. Um, Q-Dope Guy, shout out Q-Dope Guy. He says my name is Q-Dope Guy. Uh, we are watching – so I, I laughed for a second there. We're watching Maryland-Virginia Tech right now. They were on ESPN. They were interviewing Virginia Tech's new coach, Brent Pry, the former defensive coordinator at Penn State. And while they were interviewing him, Maryland threw about a 50-some-yard touchdown pass. Man, when Talia, man, when Talia Tagovailoa transfers to Nebraska, it's going to be a great day. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm just throwing rumors not. out there. I apologize. I hope not. But why? You don't want Talia? Talia? I don't know. I want to say his name right. I'm not sure who Nebraska slash I want. I don't know what I'm looking for in Nebraska's next quarterback. I want Cam Ward. You want Cam Ward want out of Cam Ward. out of everybody? I think I would st- lean towards Casey Thompson. I would not mind Casey Thompson, but I want Cam Ward. I am not the biggest fan of Chuba Purdy, but kind of an unknown co- collegiate prospect because he he doesn't play have much. experience. That's that's the one knock personally I have against him. Is yeah, there there's the lack of experience, and you're going into year five where you need a some experience, um, and, and you need some wins, right? Well, I mean. Cam Ward has experience in the FCS level. Or, you're right. You're right. So and, and you could you could say that, but I, I I've seen you know clips of him playing for Incarnate Word. They won a championship, and I think he's fantastic. And I think he can do just about everything you need him to do to fit into this offense. Uh, Casey Thompson can do that as well. You've you've seen it. You you can go back and look at his collegiate yep. highlights and say this guy can make those throws. Chubba Purdy, on the other hand, you can go back to his high school highlights and say he can make these throws. But on the collegiate level, people are faster, people are stronger, uh, people are people are smarter. I, I don't know if he can do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt it. Cause, I mean, he was a four-star prospect coming out of Arizona. His brother, pretty good, so he might have... He might have given him some of the tips and tricks. Yeah, before we talk about that, I want to mention a couple texts. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sarah Hammond text yes. line. Both those open for you all show long. Two texts I want to get to. Kidoba guy says this. Rico, you just made all of my devices in my house play the ticket because I'm listening to you guys on my stereo while stereo while working. So, yes, it works quite well. Perfect. Then an unnamed texter says, thanks, you just turned on my Alexia. To 93.7. I love it. So that's good. So it works. I love it so much. And also, easy way to find us. Also, shout out to Cubsker. Uh, I can see what the hype is about with Nutrizios and Muchachos. This is a heck of a lunch. That sounds like a great combination, actually. It was. Because you're going to need a lot of energy after you down one of those burritos, man. That is, Mm -hmm. you eat those burritos and you're just good. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I haven't eaten there yet. Every time I get food, I take it to go. 
there's something. But better. if I eat there, I don't know if I'm going to move. There's something about eating at a restaurant, the food at a restaurant, uh-huh. that makes it much better. I don't know if I'm going to move if I eat my burrito at Muchachos. So I would just stay there. Mm-hmm. So I just I would just need somebody to talk to for a little bit while my body digests it and I, I don't fall asleep. I'm sure Ellie will it be is happy to hang so out with Dad. So good. I'm sure Ellie will be hang, happy to hang out with Dad. All right, let's let's continue this quarterback thing. I was not expecting to go this route, I, but let's can. do it. That's fine. Let's do it. Yeah, no, let's do it. Um, Beansky says this on the text line, pretty sad that Frost's job hangs in the balance of getting a transfer quarterback in year five. I think that writing is on the wall. There's an interesting little thought that I, I kind of popped into my head this morning, and it was either way, whoever Nebraska takes in, no matter what I should say, direction Nebraska and this coaching staff goes in next season um, in terms of a, of a quarterback, it's a big gamble. Think about these last three years. There's been that staple of that offense and that that common um, the common, common denominator. denominator, thank you, has been Adrian Martinez. Now, whether or not it's been a good common denominator or a negative one, that that's for you to decide. And, and just obviously, in terms of wins and losses, it wasn't. It was. It leaned more towards the bad side of things. However, he, he's just always been there. That was one position that Nebraska didn't need to worry about a guy being there, somebody at least trying to step up. Right now, this season, whether it's Chuba Purdy. Whether it's a guy like Casey Thompson, we talked about it yesterday, even if you bring in a guy with experience, here you are on December 29th, nobody is that we know of is in to this quarterback room that's not already there. And so you see that they, they have to mesh well with the guys in that room, in that offensive group. The offensive line is a, is a little bit of a question mark as well. You just lost your center to the NFL draft. Wide receiver room, you have a new coach that there's a lot of confidence in, yes, and and for right reasons. However, you don't know how the guys in the wide receiver room will respond to that new coach. You don't know what's at running back. You know the bodies that you have in the running back room, but you don't know about the production level. There's a lot of unknowns, not only on the offense, but on the defense. And so it, it speaks to the magnitude of how desperately Nebraska's coaching staff more specifically, Scott Frost needs this quarterback situation to work out well. And and by working out well, it means in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. Normally in year five, you can say you've got something established with, you know, recruits mm-hmm. that you've brought in and, and some of the younger guys who are going to be taking some of the, the elder statesmen spots and you feel really good about what's coming up behind them. That's a really good and, point. And, you know, the, the people who are who will be starters or will be the backups, you feel pretty good pretty good about that but with the way that nebraska's first four years have gone and the fact that you've had guys who have started in the same spot for three four years and after that you haven't seen much from the guys behind them leaves you in a very precarious situation because on the defensive line at that defensive that nose tackle spot you had you know two guys you had damian daniels you had deandre thomas who would who would go in there clog the lane and cause havoc after that you have nash hutmacher who you know is super strong. We all know he's super strong, and he did a couple things against Iowa that that had people, you know, feeling some type of way. But overall, 
we don't we still don't know what we have from him. The defensive ends, we're feeling a little bit better. You have Ty Robinson, you have Casey Rogers, you've seen them, although Casey has been injured mm-hmm. and and Ty uh had a kind of a slow start but picked it up towards the middle of the middle of the season. In the defensive backfield, like you have you have absolutely no idea what's going on because you haven't seen much from anybody. Miles Farmer got extended run when there were injuries and you felt pretty good, but then there were instances where he kind of he kind of failed to provide youth, youth. exactly what you what you thought you were going to get from him. He just showed youth. He just yeah. showed youth. The linebacking core, you you have bodies. Mm-hmm. You're you're feeling great about the linebacking core because you know what you're going to get from the inside from at least from the inside linebackers on one side of the outside linebacking side uh, of the linebacking crew. You have Garrett Nelson. You know what you're going to get with him. On the other side, you have Caleb Tanner, yeah. who towards the end of the season showed up, showed out, made his mark, and everybody feels great about it. But what about the first three years? People were wondering yeah. if Caleb Tanner was going to transfer, if he was even going to translate into what they believed uh, Caleb Tanner would be when they recruited and when they brought him in as a as a pretty highly touted recruit. Mm-hmm. So that's on the defensive side of things. You've got guys who you feel confident in, and then you've got a bunch of head-scratching, you know, I'm not really sure what we got with this guy because they've had somebody in front of them for three years. That, that's an interesting – and before we, before we get too far away from that comment, I, I want to – backtrack because Rico said something really interesting right when he started talking there about normally in in year five of a coaching staff and yes there's been turnover and there's attrition but every program deals with that and and has to find ways to to combat that those issues but in year five normally the, the coaching staff would feel good about guys behind your former starters right um and, and looking specifically at the quarterback position there's not a whole lot of confidence in those guys that were behind Adrian Martinez that as of December 29th here at 2.17 p.m. are next in line. Logan Smothers is the guy as of December 29th, 2021. He's the guy. And this staff multiple times showed, not not even told. We, we always talk about how the staff tells us things and and doesn't follow through on their actions, right? But this time, it's the other way around. It, it shows that they have not had confidence in Logan Smothers, right? So when you're looking ahead, you're in year five, like Rico just said. And normally in year five of a coaching staff, those coaches and the, the fan base feels somewhat confident in the guys that are in the develop, were in the developmental stage in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to say, you know, oh, well, that's for winning programs. You know, that's how you feel good. No, even in losing programs. How, like, how do, how do in losing, losing programs create a dynasty? Yeah, because in losing programs, the thing is, if you're losing so much that, that the starters aren't getting things done, you've got you've seen the backups because the guys in front of them aren't getting things done. So yeah. you've seen the guys behind them step in and either make a difference or, you know, prove to the fact that, this guy was a starter for a reason. Like this, the guy behind him isn't as good. So you you're either feeling extremely confident or you're feeling extremely down about the future of the program. But with Nebraska right now, it's just a massive question mark because they yeah. have guys. They have guys who who we have seen very little of, but the very little we've seen have been flashes of either of either being really good or again question marks. Just behind schedule. So it's 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 concerning. Like like the texture said that that. 
Frost fifth in Frost's fifth year, they're relying on a transfer quarterback. Yeah. When you know you've been here for five years, you had a four year starter. You've had guys who you've brought in and and have believed that they were going to be the future of your your program and they were going to lead your program for years to come. Uh, that you're looking for a transfer quarterback because you haven't played your backups at all outside of outside of blowouts, despite not having a winning season in your four years with Nebraska. We get this off the text line, 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Hammond text line. Feel free to chime in all hour long because we're back to an hour today. Yes, we are. One-on-one with DPE will begin at 3 p.m., so we're back on normal schedule here. Um, Squeak says this, does any blame go to the former quarterback coach? I wouldn't put all of the blame on him. I think the blame goes to everybody. I I think it definitely goes, and and yes, it's great that they made changes. I I wonder... if this was a problem that persisted over the course of three or four years, why did it take so long to make a change? And and that I understand. I don't want this to get twisted with the the comment of or, or the thought that I think coaches need to be fired directly the year, mm-hmm. like the year after they come if, if it's not working out. Like I I believe in in the Scott Frost part of of having a couple years. However, you still have to hold. Whether it's head coach, whether it's assistant coach, whether it's the players, there has to be accountability and there has to be um, standards and expectations. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it, it, in in my opinion, if you could if you could see in year one that from year one to year three nothing had changed, and and that your your players in that room were not developing, and and the guy that was the starter at the time was not developing, was not getting any better, then there has to be a change. He was he was staying consistently good. When you want to go from good to great, and David Morris, thank you for calling me out on YouTube. I'll throw this up on the stream if you guys are watching the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream. David Morris on YouTube says, "When you say normally in year five, are you saying are you meaning? Well, he says saying meaning ideally, or what standard are you comparing it to?" Yes, David, I meant ideally. You know, in year five, ideally, what you are hoping for is that the guys behind your starters have developed enough that you're feeling really good about. Well, this guy's going off to the NFL, or this guy's transferring, whatever you know, grad transferring, what's what have you. Um, but the guy behind him, yeah. we've developed him enough. We've we've put him in game situations because you've either had blowouts or you've just had in injuries or instances where you needed to get him in the game. And you've seen enough from him where you're like, all right, we know his strengths, we know his weaknesses, we know exactly how we're going to use him, and you know we're going to move him up into the starter role, and he's going to be able to fill this hole, whether that's better than the starter or you know at least to the level that you need him to succeed. That is what you want in year five. It's not, you know, we lost our quarterback. We need to go out and get somebody experienced in the transfer portal because we don't know what we have behind him. Oh, we lost, we lost uh, 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 a couple defensive linemen and, and some defensive backs. Uh, we have no idea what's going to go on behind them because we haven't gotten these guys on the field. Here's, here's my thing. Um, and, and Mickey Joseph kind of – I wish I would have pulled the quote. I, I did not, though. Um because once again, I wasn't really planning to go this way, but it's okay. Here's here's the thing, and, and Mickey Joseph kind of alluded to it in his introductory press conference, I believe, on signing day. He, he mentioned that you don't overcoach talent. You don't overcoach athletes, right? And when you're talking about, um, as a coach, finding strengths and developing those strengths but not overdoing it, and then, and then finding weaknesses, right? Assessing weaknesses within a player and coaching those and fixing those um after Logan Smothers in in my opinion after Logan Smothers has been in the 
the quarterback room and in this program for a couple years. Scott Frost and this coaching staff, but mainly Scott Frost since he's the constant, right? He should know exactly what he has in Logan Smothers. He should know exactly what Logan Smothers' strengths are, know exactly what his weaknesses are, and that that's my opinion and correct me if it, or you know if you don't agree then that's totally fine but as as a head coach and and it's hard to not it's hard to think that it was only Verduzco doing any work with quarterbacks last year or any of the years mm-hmm. you knew ex- as as a coach after a couple years you should know exactly what Logan Smothers needs to work on or what um is missing from his repertoire of talent and it, it's it's concerning when you look up, and like I said, year five, this the, the magnitude of this quarterback decision or finding a quarterback is is huge. Um, not only for the success of Nebraska, but as in terms of whether or not Scott Frost is the coach here in Nebraska next season. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's just concerning that you know everybody wants to put the blame on one person just because you know his title is quarterbacks coach, but. You've you've got a head coach who is heavily involved in the offense, who who was a quarterback in high or in high well in high school and in college. So mm-hmm. you it I I also find it hard to believe that Verduzco was the only one working with Adrian Martinez. Yep. So if you're in that room and you're working with your your starter and with your backups, like you said, you should know what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, what they need to get better at, what they what they are really good at, and you know leave that alone. As Mickey Joseph said, you know you don't overcoach somebody um, and. It, it, it's it was just a bad look the fact that Adrian was really good his freshman year and then kind of stayed at that level for the next three three years. Sandman on the text line says, "Isn't that part of the get old, stay old mantra? Player development behind your starters." And yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That's it. And, and that's part of that's kind of been a knock of this coaching staff at Nebraska through four years now, is that. Nobody knows what is behind the former starters from last year, right? You have an idea. There was a lot of, um, you know, the all the bodies in the running back room. Running back room is a great example, right? Running back room, you had know exactly who's in that room. In Gabe Irvin, Jacquez Yant, um, Marquis Step, Ramir Johnson, Marquis Step, and here's the thing, though. Unfortunately, you don't know how much you can rely on each one of those guys for production. Right, they all do something different, but it seems as if they're trying to ask them all to do the same thing. And, and it felt like on in, in Oklahoma, in Norman, down in Norman, the, the game that uh, Gabe Irvin got hurt, it felt like he was just about to turn that corner, just about to turn the corner of being um, one of the one of the top running backs in that room, taking over the job. Taking over the they job. Were, thank they you, were thank saying you, that you. nobody had taken the job yet. There were people there who were who were pushing for it, but nobody had reached out and snatched it. But then it was confusing, and, and maybe confusing is not the greatest word, but that's the word that comes to my mind. Um, then Ramir Johnson pops up out of nowhere, right? Started fifth on the depth chart in the beginning of the season, and, and that's where you talk about assessing talent at the beginning of the year and assessing talent, what what talent, and, and from the guys that are, are in each of your, your rooms – and, and that makes you wonder. It took you a couple weeks to find your best offensive line group. Assessing talent. And, and then when your best offensive lineman immediately – well, I don't know about best. It was one game, but he, he held mm-hmm. his own. One of your one of your pretty talented offensive linemen got injured, and you had to go back to the group that had struggled. 
it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where they're able to rely on for production offensively this year, because the running back room is a question mark, and now the quarterback room is especially is a question mark. And the wide receiver room is is one of the one of the things that actually kind of fits what I was trying to say. The ideally uh, behind that person, you you've you've shown development and you've gotten people that you can trust because you've you've had Omar Manning. He was. You know, whatever happened his first year, he wasn't able to play. You've had Xavier Betts. You've had Elante Brown. You've had all of these guys, mm-hmm. but you haven't played them. Yeah. They've, they've played very sparingly. And ideally, by year five, your wide receivers, have a you have a firm grasp of what each wide receiver is going to do, where they're going to line up, and the, sp- and the, the, uh, the points in the game that you're going to use, you know, whatever body type of wide receiver you have. Because they're different. Alante Brown does not look like Omar Manning. Mm-hmm. Xavier Betts and Omar Manning don't look the same. They play totally different games. So in certain instances in games, you should know how you're going to use your wide receiver group and which wide receiver group you're going to put in a game uh, to, to, to prove or to show uh, the most success. Yeah. But for the first five years, it's just been, you know, we have – you know, one, two guys when they had uh, Stanley and, and JD, and then they lost both of them, and then they had uh, Samore Toure this last year, where you have one guy who is really good at what he does, but then everybody else around him is kind of a question mark. By this time in your coaching tenure, you should have a group of wide receivers that you can put on the field and all of them are dangerous. And have confidence in. Just have confidence and, and know what you're going to get out of every every one of those guys um, to to the extent. I'll give you one name before we go to break that was out of that wide receiver room. Remember Marcus Fleming? Mm. Five catches, 75 yards against Northwestern I in 2020. Marcus Fleming. Then nothing. Just kind of fell off. Entered the portal midseason. Ended up at Maryland. Now is at Maryland. His... Uh, his stats this year, not great. 18 catches, 197 yards, one touchdown. And and that's part of the consistency also. And and we're getting this on the text line every now and then, or, or and we've gotten this before. But you get the, like in the running back room, right? Lack of consistency. It's the running back by committee role. And that, that has worked every now and then. That can work. But when you're striving or trying to, you're longing for somebody to take the job and and find something that's a constant on, on a program that needs to find some sort of success. Then sometimes you have to go against what you believe is right, and just stay conservative and, and find those wins and find what is working. We're uh, we're running a couple minutes late. Let's go ahead and take a break. 402-464-5685. Go ahead and keep sending your thoughts. Um, depending on the reaction, we'll either continue with this football discussion or we'll dive into uh, Husker men's hoops next up on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.